Welcome to Shouts of Grace Radio, practical conversations from God's Word hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs. At Shouts of Grace Radio, it is our purpose to encourage you to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as a foundation for a genuine relationship with God. Now, let's join Pastor Steve for today's conversation. Hey, welcome back to the program. We are delighted that you can join us today um, on Shouts of Grace. And if you are a return listener, we want to say welcome back. Um, We are excited that you are joining us. And, you know, just thank you for the support, for your prayers and for your shout outs. Um, We get those and and, and we're really grateful for them. And if this is your first time listening to Shouts of Grace, we want to welcome you and let you know that you can go onto our website at shoutsofgraceradio.com. That's shoutsofgraceradio.com. And there you can find um, all of our past broadcasts. There's there's uh, well over 100 of them now. Um, we've eclipsed our, our 100 episode uh, early, earlier this year and super excited about that. And so go ahead and drop us a note or, or, or shoot us an email, maybe even have a, a topic or a subject you'd like us to talk on. We'd love to hear from you. Um, and, and as well, if, if you do not have a home church and you live in the northern Utah County area, uh, Shouts of Grace Radio is a radio ministry of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs, and we'd love to hear from you and, and maybe even drop by and, and say hi. And, and you can go to that website as well at rhutah.church, and you can even plan a visit, and we can uh, get hooked up, and it would be a, a, a fantastic meeting you. And so um, on Shouts of Grace, what we do is we, is we take topics from the Bible, or we take subjects that are, you know uh, take, take, take place in our world today, and we apply a biblical worldview to those things. And what I do is I have uh, many, many pastor friends um, from around the country that I've, that I've um, become friends with over the years joining me, and so today is no different. Um, I have a good friend of mine, uh, Pastor Pastor Jason Renner from Jason is is it Bethel in the Valley Church? Yes, that's yeah. what we've named it. Yeah, awesome. Bethel in the Valley Church in Southern Colorado. Is that right? That's right, Lahara, Colorado. Right on. Awesome. Well, hey, thanks for being on with me today, brother. How are you doing? Brother, I'm good. I'm blessed to be here with you. <laughs> awesome. You and I had some uh, had some time in Utah, and and uh, and man, you, God's using you now and moving you out to to, to plant a church, and in, in, I think it's your hometown, right, which you grew up in. The the same county. Yes, I'm about yeah. ten miles from where I grew up. Awesome, awesome. Well, Jason, you know we've been friends for a while, and and I think you and I share a passion for what I want to talk about today, and that's specifically the gospel of grace. And you know, when when we talk about the gospel, you know, which we know means good news, um, I, I particularly think the good news is found in the grace. Right. And so and so maybe what we can do is, is we can kind of start off and and maybe you can tell us wh- why is the gospel of grace so important? And it's so important that a person grasps this because the hope that a person has for eternity is found in this gospel of grace. What 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 how how, how would you get this ball rolling? You know, maybe maybe it at its root, it's because. Our salvation or lack thereof does not does not stand or fall with us. Hmm. If if that makes sense, it um, explain what you mean by that. Because it doesn't stand or fall with us, there there is no there is no need for boasting, and there is no need for despair. I guess as Paul would say it, 
Um, hmm. on my, on my best day, I can get myself no nearer or no further from salvation than I can on my worst day. Hmm. Because let's, let's face it, we're fickle. Um, you know, from day to day, from minute to minute, we can have uh, we can have highs and lows in our Christian walk within the course of five minutes of our day. And so, if if my security of salvation rested on where I am, man, that would be that would be a tough place to be. How would you, yeah, that, I mean, how would you live, uh, how, how would you even live a life like that? Because it would seem like from day to day, you'd wonder, am I good enough for God on Monday? And then maybe Tuesday, your your works are great, and you're thinking, okay, today I did good, and then Wednesday, it's like, all right, am I good enough for God? It's like, how, wh- where's the hope in that? That almost seems like that would create a despair inside of a person. Incredible despair. And, you know, C.S. Lewis spoke of it, uh, of that condition also. And of course, for me, growing up as a religionist, maybe for lack of a better term, um, the, the pride and despair cycle was was dizzying because you're you're having a particularly good moment. You did something you think God's going to be proud of you for. And there's this sense of pride, this sense of, uh, you know, puffed up chest and, and look at me go. And then two seconds later, you stub your toe, you say a bad word, and all of a sudden, there's the despair coming back in. Yeah, yeah, and and, and I think I think floating around today is 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 not just that, but you know, in in Galatians chapter one, Jason, the, the apostle Paul said this in verse six. He said, "I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting." him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, not that there is another one. And then he'll go on to say um, a couple verses later um, that if we or an angel from heaven should preach any other gospel contrary to the one that we've preached to you, let him be accursed or anathema. Let him be damned to the lowest depths of hell. And so this is serious business. When we talk about a desertion of the gospel of grace and embracing something contrary to the gospel of grace, Paul said this ends really badly for people, and it's eternally badly. And so maybe do this. What is the gospel of of grace he's talking about I think he uh, I think he touches on that in the first part of uh, his epistle to the Romans where he says that uh, from faith to faith the just shall live by faith and then of course he, he goes into the Hebrew Hall of Fame and gives the example of Abraham and David where um, Abraham wasn't a, a spectacular guy as far as we know from Scripture there was no particular reason for God to choose him out of anyone else but God made him right because Abraham believed that God would make him right. Hmm. Um, well, Scripture says in Ephesians chapter 2, it says um, that we are saved by grace through faith in Christ. What, what is that? What is the grace portion? What does that mean? If, if, if I'm saved by it and there's a gospel of grace that a departure from it leads to anathema, what is it about the gospel of grace that is important for a person to know? Well, and, and I think that it's important for us to remember we're saved by grace through faith. That faith is in something. That faith isn't faith in faith. It's faith in something. And so, of course, again, Paul would unpack that to say that we are saved by believing in the atoning blood of Jesus Christ at the cross, by believing that that shed blood was effective for us 
to make us right in God's eyes. In other words, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, that we could become the righteousness of God in him. Faith in the shed blood of the cross, that that was the adequate payment that we owed. Hmm. And so and believing so, in that and nothing else, I guess. And so the grace portion, then what you're saying is the, the, the grace portion really is this thing that's unmerited from humanity. The, the, there is nothing you can add to that. And, and, and I think that's what was happening in the book of Galatians. Is that not right? Absolutely. They, they were saying grace, grace plus, faith plus. Hmm. So, so when you talk about the gospel, then, like you know, there's there's a lot of people that, that talk about the unadulterated gospel, and and I'm, I want to read this to you, and 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 help unpack this. It says in First Corinthians chapter 15, verse one, it says, "Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you. I'm going to remind you of this, which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved, if you hold fast to the word which I preached to you." Then he says in verse three, "For I deliver." to you as of first importance what I also received that Christ died for your sins and according with the scriptures that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. So Paul says, here's the gospel. It's in its most simplicity, simplicity form. It's irreducible minimum. Number one, Christ died for your sins. Unpack that part. What is he saying there? Well, so that that uh, substitutionary sacrifice, all the way back to the Abraham covenant, where the animals were divided in two, there was the trails of blood running down the down the uh, between the halves and that that was it that was an ancient blood covenant that was something that sounds really weird to us but that was pretty familiar in the ancient world and what that was doing is that was the sovereign saying this to you and worse if you don't keep your end of the deal well but god was the one who walked through those halves rather than man and so what the sovereign said which was unheard of the sovereign walked through the blood the sovereign said this to me and worse if you don't keep your end of the deal. Hmm. Well, friend, that's why it's important that it was God himself on the cross because God promised to spill his blood to, to fulfill that promise, that covenant that he would make us right. So it's, it's kind of a neat picture. Yeah, so, 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 so talk then about this idea of, you know, that he died for your sin. You know, people, uh, Jason, people get, people get offended by that. You know, people all, all the time, it's like, well, you know, I'm, I'm not that bad, or I don't know about sin, or I don't know, you know. There, there's a whole group of people that would say, well, you know, I, I, no, no man's born a sinner, right? He, he's born beautiful and perfect and righteous, and then he lives life, and, and the world does it to him, and he makes choices, and so he, he amasses sin for from birth, but he's really born perfect. And, and so, you know, people would balk at this. What do you say to the nature of what's being talked about here when it talks about uh, your sin? Yeah. And, and that's fascinating because you see that even within Christian circles. Yeah. They're, within Christian circles, people saying, oh, no, we're born good. And, and of course, my first, my first tongue-in-cheek response to that would be, have you ever raised a child? Yeah. <laughs> how, how hard did you have to try to teach that kid to be selfish or to teach that child to tell an untruth or to teach that child to be unkind to his sibling? And so, so I think the fact that we're born, that there's something fundamentally flawed with us from birth, I think that's readily apparent. Hmm. But, um, you know, but I, th I think Paul speaks to that best 
in the first part of his epistle to the Romans again, because he says that, uh, that people withhold the truth in unrighteousness. And if, and if you think that through, the fact of the matter is, Stephen, I'm convinced of this, that people at some point in the quiet of their own heart, people know. Hmm. They know that there's something wrong. They know that they don't measure. They know that there is a standard and that they know that and they know that they don't measure up to that standard. Yeah. And, and you know, that's a great point because I, I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, Jason, man, you, you and I live with us. We know. <laughs> We know that, that right. he, he, even when we put on the, the clean white clothes, so to speak, and we step into church and we're brother, sister, we go home with us and, 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 and we're laying down with us and the thoughts that go through our mind. And I find it interesting, um, you know, that, that um, in, in Ezekiel chapter eight, when, when, when God is unpacking four visions uh, that, that he gives Ezekiel, Ezekiel four visions on the on the second vision, he, he says, do you see that hole in the wall, son of man? Go dig in there. And he goes, and Ezekiel digs in, and he, he goes into this room, and he says that, that I saw every creeping, abominable, wicked thing on the walls inside this room. And God says, check this out. I just showed you what every man does in the chambers of his own mind. Where they say that I don't see. I mean, God showed Ezekiel the inside of the human mind. Actually, he showed him the inside of the elders' minds. He went to the religious people and said, this is what these brothers are thinking, you know? And so, man, we live with us, Jason, our thoughts, our conduct. And, and so we're not fooling anybody. And I think you're right. I think we, I think that's one of the, the issues that we have is we're kind of constantly wondering like, like, oh man, you know, I'm, I, I, I feel, I just feel the weight of my depravity. It's just on me. It's like a wet blanket that never gets off. And I think that's what the Apostle Paul is referring to in Romans 7.21 when he said that I find then that there is a law, that sin is a law, and it's present. The one who wants to do good, evil, is present with me. It never leaves me, and we experience it every day. And so what I want to do is on the other side of the break, I, I, I want to talk about that a little bit. I want to kind of kind of, kind of work, work, work that out, and then I want to talk about the other two aspects of the gospel where it says that Jesus was buried. That's a key, a key thing to the gospel and how it pertains to our life and our old man, and then that he was raised again as well. Hey, you're listening to Shouts of Grace. Uh, we'll return right after this. You're listening to Shouts of Grace with Pastor Steve, the radio ministry of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs, Utah. For more information about Redemption Hill, you can visit our website at rhutah.church. Shouts of Grace Radio is thankful for the encouragement from Key Radio, reaching Utah with the good news of eternal life from their station in Provo, Utah. Now, let's join Pastor Steve for the conclusion of today's conversation. Welcome back. We're glad you are with us. Um, before the break, I, I, I'm talking with a good friend of mine, Pastor Jason Renner, uh, with Bethel in the Valley Church in Co Southern Colorado, and we were just talking about, Jason, just the essential elements of the gospel as as laid out in 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4. And so, um, as before we broke, um, we were talking about this, this in, just this ingrained thing of sin, which which inside of man, which really creates the need to be forgiven. And and so um, talk about, you know, th this idea that, that no matter what you do, no matter how good you are, you just can't escape it. It's just running with you at pace, isn't it? Every day. Yeah. Crazy. Um, so what I want to do is, is I, I want to transition a little bit here. It, it, he says in 1 Corinthians 15, when he talks about the second part and super simple part of the gospel is Christ 
died for your sins according to the scripture. But then it says, and he was buried. And sometimes people just kind of look past that like, okay. But but when we talk about burial, Jason, what we talk about is the end of life as you know it, right? And and, and that is an essential part of the gospel that, that the person who receives the true gospel understands that there is an end of life as you know it. And and one of the things that people say often is, is you know, they'll say, well, you Christians, you just believe in this sloppy agape, this, this, this grace that's no grace at all. I mean, you can just do whatever you want. But the essential part of the gospel is the old life ends as you know it. It's buried. Talk about that and just this idea that a person can do whatever they want. Yeah, that's... Uh... That's a tough one because you're going to hear that everywhere you go, and it's it's we're mocked, so to say, where people oh, so you're telling me all I have to do is say I believe, and then I can live however I want. And and the funny thing is, the answer to that question is absolutely yes, and it's absolutely no. Hmm, what <laughs> because, do you mean? Because well, because we are crucified with Christ, um, or or Paul would use the word slaves. We are now doulos, we're slaves because we have been redeemed, but that redemption came at a price, and so yes. I can live how I want because Christ died for my sins. That penalty is paid. I am freed from that penalty. However, my wants change also. I no longer want to do the things that I used to want to do, if that makes sense, because I'm, I am dead to what I used to be. Hmm. Well, then what about, you know, uh, the scripture in Romans chapter 520, where it says that where sin, agra- where sin abounds, grace abounds much more. Because what if I were just to say, well, look, okay, yeah, but you know, it, it, you know, I'm, I'm sinning, and God's grace just keeps pace. And so, how should the believer think in regard to their conduct and how the grace of God interacts with their sin? Because you know, there, there, that's a reality. Is well, you know, sin abounds, grace abounds. <laughs> well, that's that's the diatribe that Paul answers in in Romans chapter three. He said, "Oh, what? So if so, if a little bit of sin makes God look good, should I sin a lot so God will look better?" <laughs> and, and Paul. Of course, as God forbid, how can we who are dead to sin live in sin? I guess he says that later, but but in three, he addresses those topics. And so, you know, often I will compare, and every comparison breaks down at some level, but often I will compare this idea of salvation with the idea of marriage. So, you know, people would say, so all I have to do is sign this wedding certificate and I'm married, and then I can live however I want. Well, sure you can, but it's going to be a pretty terrible marriage. Hmm. And it's probably going to be a marriage that doesn't survive. Well, it's the, it's the same thing, I think, with our salvation. When you come to that point of salvation, there is a there, there is a, a, an appreciation for what you have been given. Hmm. And, that, and that appreciation compels you to want to behave differently. doesn't mean there aren't going to be days that I don't leave my dirty socks on the floor. I don't do those things that drive my wife crazy. Just like there won't be days that I, that I do things that are unpleasing to God. Hmm. But my motive, but my motivation is to please him. Yeah, amen. And and you know, I I, I want to piggyback on that because I I do think you know and where uh, you know um what kind of where we're located in the the religious framework of where where we're located um you know people do get the wrong idea about this about what the gospel of grace is and so let me let me just be clear you know uh, piggyback on what you said um scripture says all things are lawful for me but not all things are to my benefit 
right? And, and, so, and so the gospel doesn't limit me. It doesn't put shackles on me. It frees me. But it frees me to actually live for God, which I was actually free in regard to righteousness, Romans 6 says, before that, right? I, when, when I was a slave to sin, I was free from righteousness. I didn't even know what righteousness was. I didn't care about righteousness, so I was shackled. The gospel comes in, and it sets me free, so now I can see that being a slave to righteousness, I'm free from sin. I don't have to obey it anymore, right? And of course, and then we have the struggles, and that's and that's what you talk you see in Colossians chapter three, where he talks about laying aside the old man, right? The gospel of grace gives you the ability to see, and now you could actually lay aside the old man. Before you were dead in your trespasses and sins. I was dead. There was no life in us. God had to quicken us and make us alive. And, and now that we're alive, li- living people can see. They can breathe. They can. They can, you know, they have senses, and now these spiritual senses say, look, um, this evil that's present with you is a fight, it's a war, we lay the old man aside, and so, and so the gospel of grace is, at one of the things at its center, is this idea that the old life dies, it's buried, right? But the last part is it says, but there's newness of life. Talk, talk about that, because Jason, you lived on both sides of the road. You, you weren't born with a, with, with a spiritual spoon in your mouth and coming out of the womb and have the, you know, you actually lived, you know, in your sin. And, and, and so talk about what the newness of life looks like. Yeah, that's, that's a good point, because growing up in the, in the predominant religion in my area, um, it worked for me. As a young man, I thought, hey, this is great. You know, I've got this religion. I've got this thing I do on Sundays. I'm okay. You get to that point in your life where you start to recognize your own inner wickedness. And so you start to seek for a way to expiate that. You start looking for, okay, how do I get right with that? Well, the doctrine that I was raised with, there was no way to get right with it because it depended on me. And the harder I tried, the further I got from it, that wretched man that I am syndrome that Paul would talk about until I finally got to the point in my life where I decided there was something wrong with me. I never questioned the doctrine. I never questioned the the people around me who looked like they were living it. I just thought there was something wrong with me. I knew I couldn't measure up to the religious standard that I was given. And so then I went as far the other way as I could. A lot of ugly years that I could, that I'm not proud of. But when I finally got my mind around that gospel of grace, that sheer, unmerited, undeserved, infathomable grace, that not after I make myself worthy of his grace, but while I was yet at enmity with him, that Christ died for me. And to, and to get my brain around that, that's the newness of life. To realize that I am, I am not yet who God is making me, but through that amazing grace, I am no longer that guy that I used to be. Wow, that's awesome. You know, in, in the last few seconds that we have here, um, when he says this is the gospel in 1 Corinthians 15 that you are being saved by, and, and I think that's an important thing to say is grace isn't something that comes, we take off the shelf, we get saved by it, and then we put it back on the shelf and we see it. it gr- grace is something we move and live and have our being in. It's something that is saving us. It's, it's the, it is the the, the paramount seasoning, if you will, the ingredient, sorry, if you will, in sanctification. It carries us through every single day. Um, it gets us past our, 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 our self-righteousness, our bad conduct, if you will, where we think, oh man, I'm really, I'm, 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 I'm up a creek now. And it, and it, it just keeps us going. And so the grace of Jesus is 
is as much for the believer walking with Christ as it is the reprobate sitting in a in a bar somewhere. And so we just want to make sure that our listeners understand that um, it, this is a pool that you live in and you swim in, not a salt shaker that you throw on your bad behavior. And so um, if you can grasp that and you can understand that part, you'll 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 really tap into what God has done. Hey, brother, we are we are out of time for this edition, man. I got to have you back on again because this was a blessing, man. Yeah, indeed, brother. I love love being here, man. Awesome, man. Well, hey, God bless you. And listen, uh, we look forward to seeing you or hearing from you um, next time on Shouts of Grace. God bless you guys. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Shouts of Grace Radio, practical conversations from God's Word, hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson. We hope that you have been encouraged to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. If today's conversation encouraged you in your journey following and learning more about Jesus, we would love to hear from you. You can visit us online at shoutsofgraceradio.com. At shoutsofgraceradio.com, you can listen to all of our episodes, share them online with your friends, and find out more about Pastor Steve. Shouts of Grace is an outreach of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs, Utah. Thank you again for joining us on today's show. And from all of us at Shouts of Grace, it is our prayer that you would grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. Shouts of Grace.